the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. I'm getting closer to Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, again, you can call us with any of your real estate questions at 866-970-9622. I'm here with Ace, our financial expert, Jerry, my co-host, who is our legal eagle, and Esther Mueller, who is, well, I would say she's a guru of real estate, a wonderful real estate school, and I think next week she's going to do um, a, a, a section of the show on people, a lot of people are changing careers, and what it's like and how difficult or not difficult it is to get into real estate, what you need to do. And not only that, once you get your license, if you really want to make a serious career out of it, what things that you're going to have to really be prepared for. And so that will be on next week's show. Esther is going to, she runs one of the biggest school, actually, uh, the number one school in New York. And she's a pro. And how long have you been doing real estate? Uh, well, I'm 32, but I've been doing this 22 years. Yeah, she's a child prodigy. I, I don't know me. if you know. Hi, Jerry. She's a child prodigy. My coffee prodigy. went down the road. <laughs> okay, she was. Okay, and I just want to say, in general, when, when you call, we, we, we answer any questions we can. But when you're talking like investments or is this a good investment, without really specifics and numbers, it's really impossible to answer that. And I certainly don't want to give anyone advice. So when you're talking... You know, generally, is it something a good investment? Well, that's a general answer. But specifically, obviously, could you make a bad investment in real estate? Of course you can. Um, And, Jerry, as a legal eagle, I mean, when when people would ask you that question, how would you answer it? Well, you know, it's funny, Daddy. People ask me as a lawyer all the time if they if i think something's a good investment you know i live in a bit of a black box as a lawyer and that i'm not out in the market like brokers are looking at properties and and understanding valuation which is one of the uh real uh expertise that a broker brings to bear and and adds to the transaction so i always defer back to to the real estate professional order an appraiser uh or to the client who's been out in the market looking for a long time you know but you're absolutely right. There's no guarantee that real estate goes up. You know, yeah, and let me say and- this. There is no investment in the entire world that I know of that is a guarantee. There's always some risk in any investment, all right, yeah. other than putting your money. You can put your money under your mattress, and obviously over time you lose money because – but, you know, no matter what you do, there's always some elements of risk. So when you're looking at investments and you're looking at whether you should or you shouldn't, is it a good investment? There's a lot you have to look at. 
And there's a lot of, um, and then you have to look at risk tolerance. I know there's people that bought in areas that really were not so hot, and they they saw something in it, they held it, and they made a lot of money. But they also took a big risk because maybe if the area didn't turn around, they would have never made their money back. So everything right. is individual. And um, there is, do you know of an investment? Does anyone know of an investment? We no, no. And if they With say this, there's no yeah. risk, then they're, they're lying. To Everything's a risk. Yeah. Daddy, yeah. can I just say, instead of calling real estate an investment, I'd like to call it a home. And I said, well, if you depends. look at it as a home, and what it's still the American dream well, to own a home. A home. But people do look at it because it's a big financial, it's one of the biggest financial things most people do. So people still want to say that, hey, at the end of the day, I don't want to lose money. And some people are professional investors. That's what they do is invest in real estate. Or you could be an income-producing person that buys two or three family homes. And then it is an investment. So it's really very varied. Or you uh, can buy your own home and so, get great interest rate, well, as Ace now is talking about. Well, and 10, 20 years later, you have equity in your home. You which, might and you might not. Yes. Okay, so let me, let me say that. You yeah. might, you know, there are states where people didn't have any equity and they bought years ago. I mean, so, so let's leave it at that. If you, if you, I think real estate is a good, it's a good time to buy. All indications looks like it's positive and it's going to continue to grow. The baby boomers are moving to bigger homes. They're not retiring. They're living longer. And the millennials are at the age of buying and that's the largest generation demographic. And ACE is really, Got a lot. We should have that guy on as a guest, Ace, that we talks about. We, def- de- we, we really should. should. Okay. And that, so interest rates are great. So all things look good. But could you buy a bad something? You could if you don't buy right. So you should always consult somebody. I think, I think Dottie, people always ask me, you know, since they know I invest in real estate um, as well, they, they, they always ask me, Ace, you know, do you, do you think investing in real estate or investing in the stock market is better? And I, and I say both. You know, I think diversifying your portfolio is always the best thing. But the biggest difference that I tell people is that real estate is the one investment that you don't have to put 100% to make 100%. So what I mean by that for our listeners is the stock market, in order to make, let's say, 100% of your money, 9 out of 10 times you have to put in um, that amount. In real estate, you have the ability to leverage financing. Which, in most cases, if you want to buy something that's worth five hundred thousand, you don't necessarily you don't necessarily need to buy it all cash, right? So you can leverage right. the bank and put five percent down. So you're really only putting in twenty five thousand dollars to own a five hundred thousand dollar value. So that's how I like to you know tell a lot of people you know to look at investments. And it's a, right, and it depends on what you're looking to Correct. get. Like, so some people say, well, I if someone says to me, gee, I want to buy this and I want to make ten percent by a year from now. Well, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know that that's possible. It might be if you find the right thing. So everyone's different. What people are looking for is different. I'm very careful in answering that because what's a good investment to somebody might be not a good to somebody else. So, but generally, I think that's a great answer. You can leverage in real estate. So, and the interest rates are so low. It's like borrowing money for free almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've never been lower. I remember buying when it was. 15, 16 percent. Let me take a question. Eight six. Can I just mention tax deductions? from Chester. Thank you, Chester. I have you on the line. Yes. Hi. Uh, my question is about reverse mortgages. Uh, if someone could just kind of uh, point out the pros and cons, I'd certainly appreciate it. 
Um, I'll throw that to Ace. Yeah, I can take this. Um, so if you're usually, if you're 60 or 65 years of age, um, you can qualify for a reverse mortgage. And it's a, it's a great asset because you've built all that equity. And usually the banks will give you up to 50% of your equity. And um, they'll you'll be able to cash out basically and use it um, for your retirement. So um, some of the cons, you're still liable for the taxes and insurance. After the loan is, um, you know, after the loan is approved, so you still have to pay your taxes and insurance uh, from the proceeds. But you know, as long as you use it responsibly, um, I think it's a great program um, for anyone that's exp- retired. Let me just add how for our listeners how the reverse mortgage works, right? So suppose you have five hundred thousand in equity in your home and you're a senior, and you need additional income, you can reverse the mortgage, which means that the bank gives you the money now, but you don't have to pay it back Correct. currently. Your heirs will pay it back, uh, and you can continue to live in the house as long as you're alive or your spouse is alive and living there. But as they said, you got to pay the tax and the insurance. Um, it's you know I don't think it's the cheapest money you can get, but for some people, it's a good option. It's not mm-hmm. a fit for everybody. You really have to talk to your. Do you know, your I banker. remember. I remember Jerry. You probably remember this caller who called in a couple of years ago, and she said, "You know, I forgot how old she was, but she said, you know, my kids, I've sacrificed my whole life to, and I've I've done for them. I paid for their colleges, and now I want to live." And yeah. the only money she had was in the home, which her home was paid off. And so she wanted to take an equity. Uh, she wanted to take a reverse mortgage because she wanted to be able to spend the money. And she said, frankly, I don't really care if my kids don't get any money from my house <laughs> because I've done for them my whole life. So, um, so it's really a matter of, you know, what you want to do. But I know it is definitely not good to take reverse mortgage if you are going to not stay there. It becomes very costly. Like, in other words, if you're taking a reverse mortgage and you're 65 and you say, you know what? I love this house. I lived in 30 years and I don't want to move. I, I love my neighbors. I love the neighborhood. I want to stay here. And I would like to be able to travel a little. So I'd like to use some of the money. Well, if you're going to stay in that home that's fine. But if you feel, okay, I'm going to be here in this home in the next five years, I'll probably sell it and move to a smaller place or move to Florida. Well, then I, I, your reverse mortgage is going to cost you a lot of money. And yeah. I think that's important to know. And I do remember that yeah. caller, Dottie. And, you know, she was having a tough time making ends meet. And I think her kids were encouraging her not to do it. And uh, well, they we, want of course, the money. Said, you know, talk, <laughs> talk to your tax advisor, et cetera. But for some people, it's really a, a good option if if you need that money to live on. If you don't, then no, I, I wouldn't encourage and, it. But and if you for, need money to live on. And for yeah. our listeners, Jerry, um, you know, that, Dottie, you brought up a good point in terms of being a primary residence. Um, I, I guess reverse mortgages are not qualified for second homes or investment properties. So you would have to be living in right. there as a primary. So Is there okay. a cap to the amount of money you can get in a reverse mortgage? Uh, what is it, Ace? I think it's like. 60% of them. I think it's 60% value. of the value. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, the, the banks want to make sure that they hedge their bet. Correct. But as I said, you know something, if you think about it, people buy homes and they feel, gee, at the end of the day, I've paid off my home now, and if it's sitting in your home, you're not using it. 
So if you want to leave it to your children or this or that and you don't need the money, fine. But if you do need it, it makes your life easier and you're going to stay there because I, if, yeah. it's too, if you're going to stay there. If, you're, if it's only going to be like three or four years and then you're going to retire and move to someplace else that doesn't pay. But you can always call Ace and he can give you more information. So the, does that answer your question, Chester, pretty much? Or do you, you need any more information? Uh, yeah, it does answer the question. The only other thing I was thinking about as I was listening to your answers uh, was uh, um, obviously um, the uh, the reverse mortgage. It's still like an interest rate that when the uh, person is deceased and their heirs are going to sell the house or pay off the bank, um, you would need to shop around to get a, a a reasonable interest rate on that reverse mortgage. Am I well? If you're going to refinance, if the heirs are going to refinance out of it, but most likely they're going to sell the property and satisfy it at the sale. Yes, yeah. but what I'm saying is, as as a consumer now, if I was looking for that for that reverse mortgage, would I be? Are, are the interest rates fixed Very. for all? Of- or are you saying, are they, yeah, are they varied? Should you shop around because there are different interest rates and get the best deal? That's, that's okay. a really good question, Chester. That's so, a great question, So Chester. it varies by program, and you do want to shop around with different banks because different banks will offer different rates. And, and, and while we're on that, uh, Ace, maybe you can tell Chester what questions should Chester be asking the lenders when he's shopping around? Um, just basically, is it a fixed term or is it a variable? Because there's no fixed terms, so they do have variables ranging from six months to five years. Um, so that's that's something that you definitely want to ask. And and really, you know, what are their closing costs? Um, because you know your legal fees and your closing and, and administrative costs will add up at the end of the day. Even though you probably may not have to pay it um, out of pocket, but it, it'll be built in, in into the transaction. Yeah. So. It's ultimately your money that you correct spending. Okay. Good luck. Yeah, that that really does help me a lot. I do appreciate it. Oh, thanks. And have no a great problem, day. Chester. Thanks for calling us. 866-970-9622. I promised you last week, so I don't want to not do this because I was in the middle of doing it last week. Um, because a lot of people are communal living where people are living together because it's cheaper. Uh, it's very normal. And uh, millennials are very big on communal living. Plus, you might be a roommate. So this is from Brick Underground. Just want to quote the source. Um, And these are the 20 questions that you should ask your roommates. And if you're a parent listening or a grandparent and you know that you have a grandchild who's going to be moving in with someone, these are some of the questions. Uh, Well, I mean, I don't know. How often do you clean? Now, again, I don't know if someone's (laughs) going to answer that honestly. Uh, So... uh, once a year, whether I need to or not. Yeah. So, I mean, you can ask and say, look, I'm a clean freak or I'm a neat freak or, you know, so, you know, not everyone's going to be as neat as me. But, you know, I just want to make sure we have an understanding or something, not, you know, something like that. Because if you're a neat freak and you happen to move in with someone who is the exact opposite, uh, that might really a, a slob, even though I'm not saying that someone's going to say that, that could really cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do on the weekends? And a good one to determine if you have shared interests. So, you know, you just might find that somebody has a lot in common with you. Do you like to have your friends over a lot? Now, again, everyone's different. So you might not care if people have somebody over all the time, but you might. Okay. And if someone always has their friends over, maybe that bugs you. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, 
So you want to find out if your future roommate is a party animal or not, and then, you know, take it from there. Uh, do you smoke? Obviously, if you're a non-smoker, you don't want a smoker. So that's a question you should ask ahead of time. Uh, I don't know. They say, how often do you drink at home? I don't know if anyone's really going to answer that. Um, drink what? Well, I think they mean drinking. This is from Brick Underground. So they mean drinking. I don't know that anyone's going to answer with that, honestly. But obviously, you could kind of do a background. Um, are you still friends with your old roommates if they have any? That's a good question. And I always ask for references, okay, uh, from a former friend or roommate. Uh, also, you might want to find out, are they a late-night person or are they early night? Now, if you have a big place, it might not matter. And if they have their own rooms, it might not matter. But, you know, you want to set some rules ahead of time. Like, I, I'm a late-night person, but if somebody's an early person, it might bother them if someone has the TV on at 2 o'clock in the morning. So you want to just ask those questions. Pets, again, sometimes the building doesn't commit, you know, permit pets, but if it does... Uh, you obviously have to decide if you want pets there or not. I, I think that how long, you know, are, are you, you know, you want to find out does somebody really work or not? Uh, because if someone really, maybe they have the money, but they're going to be around all the time. And so that's the <coughs> thing to know. Do you, if you work from home, that means you'll probably never have any privacy because it's always going to mm -hmm. be there. And that might not bother you, but that's a question you should ask. Uh, do you have a lot of out-of-town visitors, or do you have a girlfriend or boyfriend or somebody that sleeps over all the time? Now, again, a lot of people aren't going to care, but some people, you know, if somebody has a girlfriend or boyfriend and they're over every night sleeping over, sometimes that's annoying to them, sometimes it's not. But they're just questions that you should ask when you're dealing with a roommate that you've never met. And even if you know somebody, sometimes living with somebody, uh, and knowing them are two different things. Uh, what do you, and then you can ask, what are you looking for in a roommate? What, what things are important to you to the person? Um, of course, the down payment is important. Uh, I think people should have down payments up front. Uh, like any landlord in town, you need to protect yourself in case your roommate skips out on the rent. Yeah. So if it's under your name, and Jerry, legally, would you, wouldn't you tell them to do that? Oh, absolutely. You got to check out their financial ability to pay because, you know, you can't just change the locks on the roommate once they've been there for, you know, 30 days and they've got rights and you have to go through a procedure to get rid of them. So you want to make sure. But, you know, you said something just a minute ago also about uh, what do you expect from a roommate? You know, I had roommates when I first came to New York and it was, for the most part, good. You know, I made friends and it was a great way to meet people and expand the network. But when I always met them in the beginning, we kind of set that out and said, you know, I'm young and single and looking to socialize, and um, I wouldn't mind, you know, going out together if we, you know, hanging out together if we get along. Some roommates don't want that. Some roommates just want to say hello, and, 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 then, and then you don't have kind of a meeting of the minds and expectations. So it's important to tell people what you're looking for. I think it really is. It's the more you talk about it, the more you'll find that it probably it does pay. How often do you cook? Now, yeah. some people are glad to have someone who cooks because then they can do all the cooking. Some people never cook and don't want their kitchens a mess. So, you, um, any, and, and I think that, I think we're going to do a break, so let me see if I can get, and anything else I should know, and I really think you should ask the roommate also, what did they expect from a roommate? And then, as Jerry said, legally, 
I, would you do a search on them? Just make sure that they've. Jerry, you know, I, I I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a, a credit report, getting their permission to run a credit report, and and doing a little background. Uh, I think in this day and age, it probably makes sense. To be yeah. honest. Okay, we have a quick break. I know we have some people on the line waiting for a call. 866-970-9622. Are you looking for a radio show that gives you straight talk, common sense, and the facts? Are you looking for a media outlet which offers all points of view? If the answer is yes, then listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 830 right here on AM 970. The answer. The Cats Roundtable is hosted by John Katsimatidis, a successful businessman who came to this country as an immigrant and built a multi-billion dollar business empire. He's met presidents, world leaders, governors, mayors, congressmen, state legislators, and you'll hear them all on the Cats Roundtable. Republicans, Democrats, independents, conservatives, liberals, and everything else you can imagine. You won't just hear their take on the news. You'll hear them make the news. Whether it's local, national news, or international news, you can read about it in the newspaper on Monday. But hear it first on the Cats Roundtable, Sunday mornings at 8.30, right after Murano in the morning, only on AM 970, The Answer. Okay, everyone, settle down. Now, instead of our usual morning report, I'd like to talk about what we should be doing to celebrate our 25th anniversary. You've all been doing great work, and I'd really like to give back and treat everyone to a killer party. Any ideas? How about we all go bowling? Anyone else? A company picnic? Gotta do better than that, people. I know. Let's get a yacht and cruise around Manhattan and party all night. Yeah. That's a great idea, but where can we get a yacht? Just call Fran's Touch of Class at 212-385-9400 and charter the Atlantis. Three decks, dance floor, state-of-the-art sound system, spotless restrooms, and the food and service is great. In fact, my niece's reception was there, and it was unforgettable. Fran's Touch of Class? Fran will take care of everything. Just call her at 212-385-9400 or email her at events at franstouchofclass.com. 212-385-9400 or events at franstouchofclass.com. All right, people, let's make this happen. Joe Piscopo here. My good friend, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, loves AM970 The Answer. Listeners, he is making an incredible offer exclusively for you listening up to 50% off on everything on the MyPillow website. This offer includes Mike's four-pack special, premium pillows, luxury Giza sheets, mattress toppers, roll-and-go pillows, even pet beds. You will not see or hear this offer anywhere else. So if you're looking for a great gift for graduates, newly married couples, a new pet, or you just want to give someone the gift of a good night's sleep, call MyPillow, 800-651-0798. Make sure you use the promo code AM970. You'll get up to 50% off on every item from MyPillow. Plus, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee and free shipping for orders over 100 bucks 800-651-0798 promo code am970 or go to mypillow.com please be sure to use the promo code am970 800-651-0798 mypillow promo code am970 It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We are back. Boy, does time fly. It's 1130 already. I uh, can't believe it. Um, I have. We've had a lot of great questions saying, by the way, when you call in at 866-970-9622, you're not only 
you really help a lot of people. So many people listen to the show. And, of course, I know Esther told me that in her real estate school, she is always uh, having all her students listen to the show. And I and, – and, so many people learn, say, write to me and say, gee, I've learned so much. And look, everyone, real estate is something that everybody talks about. Um, everybody wants to know about real estate. Everybody wants to know where to buy. Everyone wants to know the hot areas and where is you know, the next thing. So, um, And the financing piece of it. And again, the more you know, and I always tell you, knowledge is power. And also, if you work with the right team, and so I think we've put together the best team in the world, or one of the best te- people in the world, teams. Thank you. I have Tom from New Jersey. I would say it's close to afternoon, so good. Uh, I, I don't know. Good morning or good mid morning or glad you're calling. Hi, Tom. Um, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. And it's it's eleven twenty nine here. Okay, um, I'll just give you a brief overview, and here, if you can point me in the right direction, I'd certainly appreciate it, because I would think that other listeners have come across the same thing with their real estate experience. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I have my own home, and I've been in it since January 2002. Um, it wasn't, I had my own inspector. Um, who did uncover, you know, like, like some things where, okay, upgrades are going to be needed or so, but um, I may be looking to uh, put my house on the market. And I was, um, after looking at my own house and trying to assess it, okay, what maybe should I upgrade? Um, I, I went to the township hall and researched my own file. Um, for for my home, um, just to verify permits and everything. Right. That was smart. Um, pardon? Oh, that was a smart thing to do. So you went to the town to see what you had permits and what work had been done. Um, correct. Um, not only from myself, but pro- uh, the prior owner. Now, right. um, I, 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 I purchased from the um, original owner, but it seems like um, there, there will, there's lack of permit information and expect, uh, inspection information regarding um, upgrades or remodeling that seems to be very, uh, let's say, below standards, even going back to whatever year it was done. Um, and um, be it electrical um, or, or concrete work when a driveway was relocated and curb cuts that were assumed to be okay broken i might be liable for for fixing that or supplying information or running new electrical to a garage that did have a permit or plumbing issues um that involve um a waste pipe um going to a septic tank boy without going through the list of all of them i mean in general is it fair to say that you're saying that maybe your predecessor did things that it doesn't look like they got permits for? Is that what you're or, coming or, to? Or they might have had somebody do the work that wasn't legal. As, in other words, they don't have a license to do C-O-O. it. Like you could have a friend that um, knows. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying uh, you know, like whoever did it, did the work, wasn't licensed. That's unknown. Um, I, I'm with with the permits in the file, I know that a family member had was in the building business and did some work on on this home prior to me owning it. 
um, and of questionable of questionable quality after you know just opening a couple of things up and saying, "Oh gosh, what what went on here?" But I I was given you know like they were given a CCO that I relied on, and I had an inspection, and I was told there was no oil tank or septic tank or dry well, and if I have an appraiser uh, come in or an inspector come in and they're found, um, or if there are other issues that were undisclosed. Well, that, listen, oh. let me, yeah, I think Jerry can answer that, but just Thank off you. the top of my head, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Jerry. It's your home. So whatever you bought, you know, whether you checked it out or somebody else checked it out, it's now your responsibility. It's your it's your problem. And if you had an, if you had a, a an inspection company who did inspect your home, not an appraiser, but if you had an inspection company and they inspected and said this is all good and it's not, well then maybe you could sue them. But uh, Jerry, would you agree with that? I mean, it's basically yeah. I mean, but it sounds like I think you said you bought it. A long, um, at least a decade ago, the statute of limitations has certainly run on that. But, um, you know, look, in general, it's it's not uncommon that particularly in homes that have been around for a while, people did work and there's not a perfect permitting, you know, uh, uh, record uh, uh, in place. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, you'll often be asked to make a representation that any work that you did, you did with permits and that you should know whether you did or not. As far as your predecessor, you know, you, you can't really make that representation because you don't really know, <laughs> excuse me, really know. Now, you said some things which I think were hypotheticals, but like a buried oil tank, well, that can be significant. If you know there's a buried oil tank, you're going to have to deal with that one. I wouldn't try to, you know, slide that. On. That's not right. But, you know, basically the buyer will come in and bring in their own inspector, and if there are... Um, you know, permitting issues on things that you did that you should have had a permit, that's probably going to be your responsibility. But prior thing, prior predecessors, um, you know, I, I wouldn't lose too much sleep over. I mean, if you can give me a, a specific of what you're worried about, you get, you get a long list, but if there's a specific one that you're really worried about, we can talk about it. But I wouldn't get too nervous about what your predecessor may or may not have done without specifics. Okay. Um, I'm, I'll leave it to two or three. Yeah. Um, okay. Heating system was changed. Um, okay. I believe there was an oil system in here, um, radiant floor, and it was changed okay. to hot water. Okay. And the, the floors had been raised or so, and I believe that um, it was due to, um, it's a slab house, due to settling concrete that um, just wasn't visible. I don't understand. They they changed the heating system, and what is the issue that you're talking about now? Um, okay, the uh, the floors were um, plywood or whatever, you know, um, just raised or scabbed up, and I believe it's uh, it's it's hiding um, cracks in an uneven floor that's beneath what's visible. All right. Well, look, how long have you been living there? I mean, have you had issues with it? Um, no, I, I live here. Okay, it was. But, but yeah. whoever, you know what? Whoever purchases your house, house. Yeah. 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 Whoever purchases your house is probably going to have an engineer, 
because I don't advise anyone to buy a home without having an engineer's report. And they're going to find out whatever problems there are because, you know, even a brand-new house is going to have problems of some sort. Right. And then they're going to make a decision. And, and you know, for, and usually I tell people to tell the engineer, when, and, and, and I tell them to go with the engineer, for the age of the house. How does this home stack up? Then they might ask you for some concessions. They might say, you know, well, you know, we need to change this and that and the other thing. So can you take some money off? And And that's your call. And that would all be reflected in the sale price of the house and what's reasonable for all parties. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you know, you're not selling, you're selling a used product. And and people that, that do these reports and, and expect that the seller is going to fix everything that's found. That's, in my opinion, absurd. Yeah, I was just. Yeah, I was just yeah. getting my. I was just at, at at where I get my hair done, and the girl told me, "Oh, I finally sold my house. I had mm-hmm. a deal, and then the person asked, this is wrong, that's wrong.' And I gave them fifteen, ten, fifteen thousand dollars. And when they were still pushing, she said, "No, I'm walking away. That's my limit." So yeah. you know. You know, but no one is is going to go there because they're going to have a, their own representative and their engineer, and they're going to make their own decisions. So and, I would. And, and that's either, another... It's either an acceptable offer or it's not. And here, just move on. Yeah. It is what it is. You're selling it. You're selling it as is. And you know that's where a, a good broker can really add a lot of value, Dottie, because a particularly a broker that's working with a buyer will explain to the buyer because sometimes new first time buyers don't know. They don't understand. They think that they're getting a list. From the from the home inspector of all the things the seller is going to do, but you know, and a good broker will educate them. You're you know? right, and so a good broker is always uh, important. But like I'll tell sellers, there's one thing that I know kills deals. Like if you said, "Oh, I have mold in my house, and I'm just going to yeah. sell it as is," I would tell you, "Get that mold done, fix yep. it." That spooks people. Okay, uh, you know. So this certain. You know, yeah. but but you know, if it just needs an upgrade here or there or a new roof, whatever. Uh, but I think I'll, that I'll do some, but I'm I'm not going to put a hundred thousand dollars into no, the house. Do not. And, and no, 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 um, no. It just you know, like there's the, the you know, like the payoff. Um, yeah. uh, it just it's it's a poor financial decision because yes, it know, is. I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't recoup that if I was going to be selling. No, you would. Exa- very few things. Are- you would recoup right. that quickly. Yeah. Tom, can I just give you an paint, example? Uh, you know. Yeah, Tom, uh, let me quickly sure. give you an example. Sure. Uh, one of our clients uh, was putting their house up for sale. Their parents took the garage, turned it into a master bedroom, and never got a C of O. So before we suggested he put it on, go get a C of O, get all the permits taken care of, so that when you sell it, there is no question about it, and that's exactly what he did. So you could take a look and see what do I need to he, do he in case us, I need it. But he told us what was what he needed. Okay. Someday. So, but that is a good point. Um, so thanks, Tom. We have a quick break. We'll be right back, and good luck with your sale. I would spruce it up though. Clean the windows, get the clutter out, and that I would do. <coughs> right back. Eight six six nine seven zero nine six two two. So 
Hey, have you heard about this? There's a new way to buy Jets tickets, the Jets boarding pass. It's presented by JetBlue and includes a mobile ticket to every 2017 Jets home game. And it lets you sit in a different seat each game. One game, it could be the front row. The next, the upper deck. That's part of the fun. Plus, you'll get your seat locations in the Jets mobile app two hours before every kickoff. For more info and to buy with just a small deposit, visit NewYorkJets.com slash boarding pass. That's NewYorkJets.com slash boarding pass. Or give them a call, 800-469-JETS. Oh, and uh, one more thing, Jet up. What if you could have an experience of a lifetime this year? Something that goes beyond the mundane and gives you a unique perspective, not a vacation, an opportunity to change your life. Hi, Mike Gallagher here. A timely and important expedition to the Holy Land of Israel awaits you. Make plans now for the Stand with Israel Tour happening this fall. Join me on a nine-day trip to Israel that will offer you firsthand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll introduce you to the geopolitical, economic, and security dynamics of a truly remarkable place. Get a behind-the-scenes view into many of the places you've read and heard about all your life, all during Jerusalem's 50th anniversary, the Western Wall, Jerusalem, the Dead Sea, and so much more, with expert guides, important lectures at key sites, all in the comfort and safety of first-class accommodations. Look forward to something special this year. Stand with Israel for the details about this all-inclusive trip happening October 22nd through November the 1st. For details about this all-inclusive trip happening this fall, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. This is Michael Riedel, and if you've been listening to my show for a while, you know I love Gallagher Steakhouse because it evokes the New York I love. It's the New York of all about Eve and the sweet smell of success. And Gallagher's is a place where the great old Broadway columnists and the actors and the athletes, the showbiz people, would all get together and tie a few on over the years and have absolutely delicious dry-aged prime steaks. I got a story for you about Elaine Stritch, one of the great actresses of all time. So Elaine told me that years ago she was um, doing a play at the Alvin Theater which is now the Neil Simon just down the street from Gallagher's and Elaine had never been in there before so she walks in she goes up to the bartender and she says I need a bottle of vodka and a floor plan but that is the kind of story that you get from Gallagher's a place that evokes the New York of the old fashioned showbiz world that I love so much so for reservations call 212-586-5000 or visit gallaghersnysteakhouse.com Join the family at Model Sporting Goods. Visit your nearest Models and sign up for our MVP Rewards Program to receive insider deals all year round. Earn points on every purchase when you use your MVP card to earn Models cash back. It's our way of thanking you for being a loyal customer. Upon signing up, receive 10% off your purchase and 15% off your next purchase. It's that simple. Plus, new MVPs this month are eligible to win a $500 Models gift card. When you got to play more and pay less, you got to go to Moe's. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with Jerry Feeney and Ace, Ace, sorry, W, who's really going to be, who's a real star and who is going to, when are you, when is your seminar that you're doing? Uh, it's um, September 12th, Dottie. So, okay. very so you'll excited. give me all the information. Yes. I'll certainly be there. Definitely. And Estamula, which is the number one real estate school in the country. In the uh, world, in please. The world. In the world. In the world. <laughs> Global. In the universe. In the universe. Uh, anyway, uh, we have a quick question. Anita from New York City. Hi, Anita. Oh, hi, Dottie. Um, I was just looking over my... HELOC, 
paperwork, and I see that they um, raised the interest rate, and I've been paying like three twenty three and a quarter, and now I look and it's four percent. Are they allowed to do that? Do you have an adjust? Oh, do you have what kind of loan do you have? I have a HELOC, and for a while I was just paying the interest, but then I don't know, was it ten years or whatever the you know that. HELOC stands the for The time limit was, credit. so now I'm paying the principal. And in 2005, no, 2015, I was paying 325 and then went up to 350 and I just noticed that it went up to 4%. So, Anita, um, HELOC stands for, I think Jerry was mentioning it, home equity line of credit. Uh, right now, it's... Right. So the HELOC is based off the prime rate. Usually the prime rate is um, consistent upon 30, 30 of the largest banks, and they come up with the rate. And the Federal Reserve, they've actually announced an increase in their last quarterly meeting, and that's what you're probably seeing. Uh, the prime the um, prime rate is actually increased to now four and a quarter. It was 4%, and now it's 4.25. Uh, the only thing on a home equity line of credit, it's a great use um, if you're looking to do something short-term, but just keep in mind that it will. there's no ceiling, right? So as... As the prime rate increases, your rate will increase as well. It actually changes daily, but the banks only um, re-recast it every single month. So it changes every single month. So so keep in mind, take a look at your, your statement, because it will change month to month. And Anita, that's, okay. I'm glad that you called in with that question, because people should know, as Ace has just said, that if you get a home equity line of credit, there's no ceiling. So if the rates, you're lucky, Anita, that they're still low. But if they would go up really in a big way, you would be stuck. So uh, you're lucky we don't see them rising that much in the, in the next uh, correct, correct. year or two. But uh, what truthfully, can well, what can you do? Um, you you need actually, to know this. What yeah. can you do? So, so, you, so you can refinance the, the home equity line of credit to a fixed HELOC um, if you'd like. Um, so you can definitely inquire um, with myself. Um, you can email me o- over the weekend at ace.wscitizensbank.com. Or that's so quick, no one's going to get sorry, that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Ace, ace, a c e ace dot w at citizensbank.com. Okay. Okay. Great. Because this way, you you know what? You might have more security knowing that you, this is the rate and it's your your fixed. Because they could go up to anything, even though, and you're lucky they're not high. But that's a great question. And see, that's some of the things that a lot of people really don't know. There's too much to know. I mean, so you need to have experts in every field. And you need to ask questions and be informed. Because when we, um, we, when we had the whole financial crisis, I guess you could blame some banks or some people that were unscrupulous, but a lot of people also have to take responsibility to ask questions and make sure they know what they're getting into before they get into it. Right? So thank you, Anita. Right. Okay, thank you for your Thanks, answers. and have a great oh. eff- great weekend. Thank you, That's Anita. Really, see, you know, that, that really is a good question. I mean, because I, I don't know that people also know that. Right. I mean, Dottie, during 2006, uh, during the economic crisis, banks were actually closing down people's lines. Um, you know, pe- people had lines of, let's say, 50000 and they would reduce it to 25000 So that's oh. that's a common um, thing that banks do as well. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know, Jerry, did you hear anything about this? Uh, do you have, did you hear anything that Zillow is experimenting with an instant offer? 
An instant offer. Yeah, no, like I was no. reading this, and I can't, and I'm reading this, and I don't know if Esther, you heard about it, but it says, what, what's an instant offer? And it's an experiment by Zillow mm-hmm. and two other online real estate listing companies. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the experiment allows prospective home sellers to receive all cash offers from a hand-selected group of 15 large private investors within 24 hours. And their offer expires in five days. Zillow takes a transaction fee of sometimes 7%. And it says the seller provides photos of the home and key information about the property, including home type, bedrooms, etc. The home description then goes to 15 Wall Street investors who have 24 hours to submit an offer, and their offer expires in five days. Home sellers who accept one of the offers are encouraged to use an agent in the process but they are not required to do so. The decision to use an agent is ultimately up to the homeowner. And uh, sellers are positioned to get low offers and still pay fees above the... It's, I mean, These I, are going to be low-ball offers. Right? Yeah. Gotta be. yeah. So you is gotta it be, good uh, or bad? Is it a good or bad thing for a seller? And I'm saying, well, you don't know if the evaluation is accurate. You're probably going to get low offers, like you said. I'm guessing there's a lot of fine print on these offers that the, that the buyers can probably easily back out once they see it. But without even saying that, you've got to be selling it under market. If you're a desperate seller, maybe. But Dottie, I mean, I think you do much better going with a with a knowledgeable agent and, and marketing it aggressively. Oh, so- in this market. So do I. I just came across this, and I don't think it's really out in a big way yet. I think it says they're experimenting with it, so they really haven't put it out there. Uh, But it looks like they're trying to think, well, what maybe they should. But if an investor is going to buy your property over the Internet, uh, probably they want a good price. (laughs) Okay, my guess. They they probably... Real estate's not a commodity. You know, I don't think it's suitable for that type of arrangement. Um, you know, there, there's been lots of different versions of this over the years. You know, people tried auctioning, and auctioning sometimes works. But I, I defy anybody to get better value than they would get with, you know, an experienced professional who's actively marketing it with a, with a prominent brand like yours. I mean, it, you just you leave too much money on the table, in my opinion. And I'm, you know, that's just from my experience doing this a long time. Yeah, so, but there's all these different models, and again, uh, they might sound, what do they say? If something sounds too good to be true, now they say (laughs) that people buy everything over the internet. I don't recommend buying real estate over the internet. Uh, Maybe if you want. That one's going to go. Yeah. Okay, because if you don't, every property is different. It's not like buying a car that, you know, if you know what the car looks like, they're all the same. Okay, you know, the, the, the block might not look nice, or maybe it does, or maybe there's a gas station two doors away that's going to detract. I really think, you now people, I mean, I've read that people are buying more stuff over the Internet, and maybe that is true. I don't have the numbers. But I just think with real estate, it's really smart to it. see it. Um, I remember and- looking at this one house once a couple of years ago, and the way they had photographed it, it looked like it was kind of sitting in like a meadow on 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 the river. And when you got there, the house next door was like right on top of it. But they had very done a good job of photographing it to avoid that. You got to go and look at. It's a good way to eliminate real estate on the internet. I think you can look and see things that you don't want to look at, but all I think it's a good tool for finding what you do want to look at. But you got to look at it. 
Yeah, Jerry, Jerry, I'm finally agreeing with you today. Finally, I'm finally agreeing with you because oh, the God, pictures and the visual now, and the virtual yeah. tours are all fabulous, but there is nothing like walking in and finding there's a wall in front of your window, <laughs> and it's a building you can't move yeah. around. So feel it, touch it, go see it. Smell it. It's the, uh, and smell it. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, smell it, too. Now That's that, good. This is, good, this is good dating advice, too. <laughs> well, I think so. That's good. That's good. But, 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 but yeah. truthfully, you know, so when you read, the people are buying, and, you know, I've had people tell me that. Oh, yeah, it's going up. They're buying all. I don't know about that. I don't think it's a great idea uh, because even if you know the area, unless you're, you know, you know the I've block. never seen one of those deals go through. More yeah, so you have to fall in love. I do know somebody who bought something in Hawaii. Yeah. And he ended up like in like a ridiculous part of Hawaii, which was nowhere to be found. Like, and he ended and a volcano. Up, yeah. <laughs> so he had a he had a an sheep, eruptive volcano. And he couldn't <laughs> and he couldn't sell the house. He bought it online, and I won't yeah. tell you who it is. It's somebody who's famous, and uh, oh, really? he couldn't sell the house, so he um, had to keep it. And he had bought something else. And lucky he was in a position financially that he could afford to buy something else. So mm-hmm. that's just my advice. I mean, if you want to take chances online. Uh, at least with a rental, you're not bound for forever, okay? Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I but can't I mean, imagine buying something. No, people do rentals. I mean, sometimes people will do summer rentals and things online. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But but I can't imagine buying a piece of real estate and not actually visiting it uh, and and spending some time walking around it. You get a completely different perspective, as good as the photography or the videography might be. But you could be very familiar with a particular building in a particular neighborhood and a certain kind of view so that if you're working with a great broker and you're totally out of town and will be gone, you'll be able to describe yeah. it. They can look it in the picture, but they've been there before. They can sense it and feel it. So this is one of the few times that I would say it's okay but to again, trust. You, it has to be a broker that, you, that knows you fairly well because, you see, I've learned. I've been in real estate for so long. I've learned. That if I say to someone, gee, I want a cute house or I want a, a big house or I want a, a home, th- th- those adjectives mean different things to different people. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, if you, if you have a broker that really knows you, but even then, uh, you know, I mean, if you know the area, but even then, if you can, the best way to do yeah. it is see it in person. I think our time is really up. I want to thank Esther. She's going to talk all about having a career in real estate next week and what she'll give you her academy and what you need to do to be successful, not only what you have to do to get licensed, what you need to do to be successful. Um, and we're going to talk about some deadly mistakes that people make in decorating their houses and should you tear your house down. And build another, or can you sell you make more money if you tear your house down? Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.